Shelf Pleasure contains strong language and descriptions of sexual acts and violence. It is intended for mature audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Additional themes may be discussed that listeners find triggering, and we encourage all listeners to check the episode descriptions for content warnings to decide if this podcast is right for you. Hello out there to all of you jingles and non-jingles, and maybe even some jangles. And welcome to Shelf Pleasure. I do not. I don't know what a jangle is, but I don't want to be it. <laughs> so our friend Sam was telling me uh, in her house she has jingles and non-jingles and like who is what. And I was like, I'm I'm probably a non-jingle. Brian, definitely a jingle, um, especially this year. But I'm normally a jingle, but this year I was kind of a non-jingle. So what are you, a jingle or a non-jingle for anyone listening? But not a jangle. <laughs> this is uh, this is Shelf Pleasure, you probably know. Uh, the podcast about books that you snuck from your mom or your really cool aunt and then just never turned back on your reading journey. And we are your hosts, Kelsey. And Krista. And we're here today to bring you our last episode of the year. Yay! We did! 2023, what a year. We uh, survived, kind of. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're limping to the finish line. Yeah, we're, getting, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Now, uh, before we get into the story today, it's important that we take this moment and just warn you that we are going to spoil the shit out of everything in this book. Uh, So if you have not read Kiss Her Once for Me, and you intend to, and you would like it to be a surprise... Stop now. Yeah, just just hit pause. um, And come back when you're done. Uh, I wanted to say, go the fuck away. (laughs) But yeah, but like not aggressive, but then come come the fuck back. Yes. (laughs) Once you're done. Um, I I would just hate spoiling, you know, a story for someone, especially this, this is a fun journey to go on. So um, now spoilers don't bother you and, or you're like, I'm never going to read this, then please join us. This will be fun. We're going to tell you everything that happens anyway. So yeah, you uh, might already know. Yeah. So I just don't want to, you know. I don't want to ruin anyone's festive good time. Happy yeah, holiday <clears throat> spoilers. Yes. We're going to spoil the fuck out of this. You didn't know. Uh, and as always, like our when we review these books, these opinions are are never in a, per- a personal attack on your taste. When I say I hate something or I love something, I mean very specifically for me. Um, and, you know, we, we love to hear what you love and hate for you. So if you feel like sharing, nothing would bring us greater joy. Um. So before we jump into Kiss Her Once for Me, do you have any editor's notes to go over from last episode where we talked about a holly jolly ever after? I do. Yay! I don't. So please. Uh, this is, this is an, a momentous occasion because I like never have a fucking editor's note. Was I wrong about something? No. We weren't wrong about anything. This is the best kind of editor's note because we weren't wrong. Yes. I... Um, in that episode, I was struggling to find an alternate rhyme for just because she's good for your whole, or just because he's good for your whole, doesn't mean he's good for your soul. Oh, oh my God. I can't wait for this. And thankfully, my friend Ram, who was wonderful and a very longtime listener, and I previously quoted him on something and didn't know if he wanted me to call him out on it. So I didn't give him a shout out on the podcast. And yes. there were all these other people that I did by name. And I felt so bad. So Ram, your time has come. This is your moment of glory. 
So he said the rhyme that I couldn't think of, which would be like what Callum could say yes. about Winnie, is just because she's good for your poll doesn't mean she's good for your soul. There you go. Yes. That's perfect. Well, thank, thank you, you Rom. Rom. <laughs> what a treat. What a gift. Uh, that's it. And the episode's over now. We can't beat that. Yeah, that's okay. Wrap We're just going to pack it up early. Fuck this book. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we're not. I'm very excited to talk about this book. Oh my God, me too. So, okay, so quick specs on the book. Kiss Her Once for Me is a contemporary holiday romance by Alison Cochran, and it was published in 2022. Um, this is, so still pretty new, like by, especially because like this year we also yeah, read books from the 80s. So, so. <laughs> yeah, still pretty fresh. Um, and it is a reread for you, and it's a first time read for me, which I'm also very excited about because I think, um, you know, when you go back and revisit something, sometimes you read a book and you're in the right mind frame or it's just the right season for you and it hits in a way that like you can't replicate. Yeah. I read this um, in a day. Yes. I, I was going to say December you inhaled this in, like, in a day. Um, and sometimes it's fun to go back and be like, was that, was that really just like the season of the life yeah. the, of my life that I was in? Or was this something that has like real, was like this sticking the magic power? of a snow day? Was it the magic of a <laughs> snow day? Yes. Um, I can't wait for this because I know how much you hate the snow. Um, oh, I and do hate so the much snow. of this book is about a snow day. And I, I love, um, I, I'll, I, we'll get into it, but I love a snow day. There's something really magic about it. I like um, not having to do anything, but the snow itself. Yeah. I I hate like it. Like you said, Ice Planet or Just Die, yeah, and you just are just, me. just I die. I hate being cold. <laughs> I think like I like looking at the snow for a little bit, and then when I want to just like do what I want to do, I'm like, I want to just go the fuck away. <laughs> Well, and this is a perfect segue, too, because we open the book on a snowy day in Portland, and two strangers meet in a bookshop, spend on, the day together. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. Yes, thank you. Um, they spend the day together, and they fall in love. And now, it is one year later, and Ellie Oliver, our main character, one of our main characters, has a notably bleaker outlook on snow yeah, when and everything her, else. She like loves the snow. One of the characters is like, oh, fucking snow. And Ellie is very much like, what did the snow ever do to you? Like, it's the magic of a snow day. Yes. Yeah. And then you meet a very different Ellie a year later. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's fair. She has lost She's her dream job. She has a, a nightmare mother hounding her for money. You can tell that their relationship is not healthy. Her mother is a selfish mooch. And I yeah, like her, she doesn't even pretend to care about Ellie. It's no. like she's running late for her like crappy job in a coffee shop where like the boss is terrible and she is hoping to get a promotion and the snow is like causing her to run late. And as this is happening, she's like, I have to walk to work. And her mom calls her basically to just be like, hey, where's that $200 you promised me? And she... And her mom forces everyone to call her by her first. She forced her to call her by her first name, Linz. Yeah, Ugh. it's well, fucking and, Linz. And Ellie can can barely afford her rent as yeah. it is, and they're she's getting her a rent. rent increase. Yeah, and like all of this has just compounded into like a, a supremely shitty day for her. And her boss, Greg, I hope gets hit by a garbage truck. Um, his fucking wax mustache. He and just- yeah, he's. He has two apparent 
employees and won't promote Ellie to assistant manager because she was six minutes late once today during inclement weather. Yes. And, and people like, like this shouldn't have power. Yeah, they apparently... None for you. You find out she had interviewed for the position like two weeks ago and he just wasn't saying anything at all. Yeah, so he is basically looking for a reason to turn her down and yes. because she was late during a snowstorm when the Portland bus systems stopped working um, because of because of the road... Uh, Conditions. Conditions, yeah, cause, yes. Cause Portland, basically, like, if you don't know, and it, they talk about it in the book, like, it snows so rarely in Portland, so they are just not prepared for it at all, and it's not, like, it makes it cost-effective to, like, be prepared for the few times that they get a snow that is so bad that it, um, like, prevents things from happening, or, like, so basically the whole city shuts down yes. when it snows. Yeah. Um. So, she's she's struggling through this workday when Andrew Kim Prescott, a hottie Nepo baby and landlord for Greg's shitty coffee bar in a city full of awesome coffee, uh, hops by and just takes Ellie out for a drink. Kind of strong arms Ellie yeah, into going out like for a drink. Her coworker, Ari Ocampo. Yes. Who is this fabulous trans woman. Oh my God, and such a treat. so she in- keeps insisting to Ellie, she's like, well, I'm your best friend. So, and Ellie's like, no, like, what are you talking about? Like, and tries to like invite her out and all this stuff. And she's like, you should date Andrew. Like, you, yes. Yes. And then Andrew witnesses her basically be rejected for this job and just cry in a bathroom. And yeah. it's just, like, he, poor guy. He's always so nice to her. So he's like, do you want to go out for a drink or do you want to ride home? Cause she doesn't have a car. Yes. And Ari's like, yes, you she should, would love she that. She would love that. Like take her out for a drink. So, so they do. And I also loved, uh, Ellie has a quote about Andrew, which I think sums him up or it's a, I like my men. Like I like my life goals unattainable. <laughs> well, so over the course of too many drinks for Ellie, Andrew confides in her, his problem after receiving an inheritance from his grandfather in that there's a stipulation added for his grandfather passed that he'll only get it when he gets married because his grandfather is was a bastard. Everyone, like, they're like, he was a bastard. Oh, yes. Like, he recently died and nobody is mourning him. Yes. Um, it, people seem relieved, <laughs> if, like, yes, if we're being honest. Exactly. And then um, it's like Ellie drunkenly suggesting, well, like, why don't you just do, like, a marriage of convenience? It's what like, every romance reader yeah. knows. Works and, like a charm. And he asks her, and I love that she's in, she's like, oh, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm not marrying you. And then she confesses about what she refers to as Snow Girl, who is this woman she met and fell in love with the yes. year before. Um, and then... The next morning, Ellie, like, they proceed to continue, like, hanging out, having a few drinks, and then Ellie wakes up the next morning, very hungover, with very little clothes on, in a bed that is not her own. Wearing an engagement ring. Yes. (laughs) Made of cubic zirconium, to be fair, (laughs) from Target. (laughs) Um, But, so, she wakes up with a drunken contract written out on a napkin, and thousands of Andrew's Instagram followers commenting on an engagement photo that he posted of the two of them. And she learns that he, she did in fact agree to be his fake fiance to marry him for a period of one year and in exchange for 10% of the $2 million inheritance that he would receive. So as she she draws out the evening's events that lead to her fake engagement, she starts 
to feel something beyond the constant anxiety and dread of the last year. And she starts to realize that, like, maybe this could work, that this $200,000 is a huge sum of money that would solve a lot of the problems she's currently facing. And I think the big thing is that her best friend, Meredith, calls her, and her best friend, Meredith, is in Chicago studying for the bar exam, and they've Mm -hmm. been, like, best friends since college, and Meredith calls her, and she's like, what the hell is going on? Like, I talked to you yesterday, and I was just telling you to get out of your apartment, and now you're engaged, like, way to, way to be an overachiever. Yes. And she kind of says to her, she's like, you know, after the year you've had, maybe this is what, uh, like, a shock to your system that you need because you've been kind of stuck. So maybe, like, one, Frozen burrito. who knows, like, maybe you and Andrew could fall each other, like, fall for each other. You've had, like, kind of this crush on him. And then, but also, even if that's not the case, like, this money is a life-changing amount for you. Like, it could actually, like, really help you when you need it the most so she kind of is like all right you know what let's do this and then interspersed throughout the story you are getting flashbacks to ellie wrote this web comic about the snow day that she had with this woman jack so you're finding out like also like how they meet which was they met where ellie was crying in a bookstore yes uh, in powell's in the best meet portland and readers. then she starts reaching for the graphic novel Fun Home, and this woman, Jack, comes in, and they're reaching it for it at the same time. And they basically, like, have this, like, moment where they're like, all right, well, let's go get, like, a coffee. And so you get the different chapters of, like, how the day progressed, but you also But not get in it. order, no, which I like. I um, liked that, too. You, you, like, piece it together. So, yeah, so you get the—I I, want to see the comic— her webcomic adapted. I would love to see it too. I would really like to see it drawn out because it it sounds very charming. And the way that she, the details that she latches onto as an artist are interesting. Like she really likes hands. Like there's mm-hmm. certain things that she likes to draw. Yeah, because it's also like she, like she talks about how she has generalized anxiety disorder. So art has always been a way for like her to express herself. And that's something that she's always been good at. And mm-hmm. it's like also an escape for her. So even when she's like, uh, out with Andrew, she's like drawing Jack's hands, or then so this night after she accepts Andrew's proposal, she goes and she hasn't. She's been doing this other one, like the perpetual suck, because Snow Day had kind of blown up. On it's like drawn to is yes. like the way where it's posted. It had like blown up, and then she moved to like this perpetual suck, where it just is like web comics about like her day and how like her the how bad her yeah so and that hasn't been having as many followers so she does this one called the arrangement and then she messages andrew to be like all right let's do this thing yes this is the start of something new i also feel like we should specify she and andrew did not have sex no when they when oh she God, wakes I, up yeah, when she didn't. wakes up in his bed it's just they've passed out and shed clothes and then i they yeah. just were very they were just passed. It's very innocent. He's like, oh, no, no. He, and then he, he does have this moment of like, I would never do that. Like, yes. he's very almost indignant. And that she would even think that. Exactly. And because Ellie is also, um, I don't know if it comes out in this where, it, or it comes out earlier that she. With Ari. Is demisexual. Yes. And so she just. And bisexual. Have, yes. Bisexual and, de- and um, demisexual. And so she needs to have an emotional connection with someone to experience sexual desire for them. Yes. So. All, all that said, she agrees to be Andrew's fake wife, but first she has to be his fake fiance. And she has agreed to spend Christmas with him at his family's cabin, which is like a really big tradition for the King mm-hmm. Kim Prescott family. 
which Ellie, you darling fool, when they <laughs> just this sweet, sweet, sweet girl has no idea that this super rich Tesla driving finance bro that when, when he calls it a, like cabin, a real cabin, yeah, oh, oh bless that you know what, <laughs> oh bless. I was like, you, you gotta love. She's very. It's like I. It's it, you know what. It's relatable because it's a world I would never understand. No, like, same. Oh, yeah, when, what cabin, he calls a cabin is not a cabin. No, it's like a ski fucking chalet. I also love like when he picks her up because it's talked about how her apartment is just like really run down and shitty. It's subterranean. And he picks her up and he says, "I thought only raccoons lived here." <laughs> It's this, he's also a sweet darling fool. He, like, you find out he's kind of like a bit of a bro. Yeah. Like, which he's like this finance bro, but like in a sweet way that's very endearing. It's not like this unbearable, obnoxious way. Yeah. It works very well for him. He's because he's very charming. Like, he is. He's kind of like a hapless fool. But then I, they do like, they're doing flashcards on the way up to Getting like. Getting their story straight. And like. It, I love Ellie having this. He's like, oh, you're really good at this. And she has this thought immediately where she's like, Andrew is not good at this. Nope. <laughs> he's uh, he's really flying by the seat of his pants. Uh, all the time, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, she, yeah, she panics and they basically pull up to this Alpine chalet. But like. There's no time for panic because as soon as they enter, Ellie is being swept into a whirlwind of hugs. And this wonderful, touch-starved woman needs yeah. needs this moment. It's Andrew's got two grandmothers that were married to his grandfather at different times. And they're like the best of friends now. Yes. And, and they're both like big, like winos well one is <laughs> high one, all the one, time they're both like Lovey. a little bit drunk all the time and then the other one is also high all the time <laughs> yes after her hip surgery she just she just kept on smoking um but then his mother also is very very affectionate and really early on ellie feels like a type of um maternal love that she's not felt from her own family yeah, it's so like it's what she's always like it's like the christmas and all these things that she's always craved and wanted mm-hmm. from her own family that with her own mother she's constantly like just trying to even get some type of like affection or maternal instinct from her mother to just so to be welcomed in like by this family and have this like traditional christmas is yeah. really like sometimes overwhelming for her but also like she it's something she's been really craving and she feels better for a moment she thinks like oh we can do this until Jacqueline or Jack Kim Prescott arrives and Jack it turns out is Andrew's sister and it and Ellie Surprise! starts Ellie starts to think oh I missed some things yeah <laughs> like, it's, I think it's like all of a sudden they're like oh where's Jacqueline and and then it's like things are building and then Jack's dog, Paul Paul Hollywood, I died. comes in and she, makes a beeline for Ellie. And she just like, the shoe drops and she's like, oh, fuck. And, and worse than seeing your one night stand from last Christmas is the fact that Jack doesn't appear to recognize her. And Jack's bestie, Dylan, greets Ellie with what can only be described as open hostility because they had a thing with Andrew in college. And they are not hiding how much they do not like Ellie in no, this. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And then, like, because also, like, Ellie is freaking out, and she's like, I, I gotta go to the bathroom, and runs and hides on, like, one of their many balconies. And as that is happening on a lower balcony, Andrew and Dylan and Jack all come outside, and 
it's like Andrew call. So it was very sweet because it's Andrew calling Dylan out for them being really mean to Ellie and not yes. welcoming. It's like you don't even know her. Like give her a chance. And then the other two are basically like, "What the fuck is up with you and Ellie? Like, is she pregnant? It is she. Does she have a like?" A disease? Like, is, <laughs> is she, she dying? dying? <laughs> or is she Canadian? <laughs> yes, he or she trying to get... And then Jack asks, why her? Which Ellie is just crushed by. Yeah. And then the dog barks and Ellie goes and hides. And then after a bit, like, Ellie comes out and Jack is waiting there to talk to her. And she's like, Ellie, what the fuck are you doing here? And she does remember her. So yeah, she makes it moment, clear. Like, she was like, I was just in shock. But they agree to keep their past secret from Andrew. So yeah, they're like, oh, it meant. And of course, it's the. It was one day, like it meant nothing. Yes. So they are both under the impression that that day had zero significance to either party. Um, and Ellie, but Ellie starts to feel genuinely bad about duping this family because they've been so warm and welcoming. Uh, and as as we move through, we get to see more snippets from the Christmas prior with Ellie and Jack. And we know that something, there was an incident that happened, not what yet, but it's what caused them to part ways and not see each other for a year. Yeah, it's just hinted, it's just kind of hinted at. So for that, like you're getting a moment where like, of Jack going to, taking Ellie to the Airstream where she meets the dog for the first time. And they talk about like, jack um dropping out of school and it's like the first time like the airstream was the first thing that jack ever bought on her own yes before like her family cut her off and then you also have like them and then it skips back so that's more like forward in their time and then you go back a little ways to right after pals where they're having coffee and they start doing like a little get to know you thing um, and there's like a moment where like, oh, this isn't a date, like, nope. and Jack talks about her family and like being the family fuck up and how like her ADHD struggles as a kid. And Ellie talks about having like these parents that just did not care about her. And then that was really tough. Like in art was this, she found art and her way to work through it. And it's this very like sweet bonding moment. And it, this is kind of the moment where they kind of decide we're going to spend the day together and like, yes. go do all these things. And cause Jack's like, Ellie confesses to being very in response to her parents being like, so unreliable and her having to parent herself. She's like a planner. Yes. She's like, I have to like do things. Like I have a 10 year plan for my life. And Jack is like, well, have you ever like, let's do, it's a snow day. Like, why don't you try being spontaneous for a day? Yeah. And then back in the present, Ellie confirms that she is not working as an animator anymore, which comes as a surprise to Jack because Ellie was clear about how strongly she felt towards this 10-year plan and, like, everything she was working towards, her goals and her dreams and, yeah, you know, all like, of that. It was, like, Leica Studios that this, yeah, that was, like, her yes. dream job that she had just been wanting and that's why she went to Portland for and she also has a FaceTime with Meredith, like, in between this, where she's like, I'm just going to avoid Jack, like, and Meredith tells her, she's like, you know, like, you should stay. You need the money. Like, it's just eight, eight, eight days. But, like, a good friend is also like, but, because what does it matter? Like, you're you're over Jack, right? Yes. You've been saying, like, you're over her, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to avoid her. And that's what, of course, even in this mansion of a cabin. The person you want to avoid. They're just there all oh, the yeah. time. And you do also get Dylan um, 
apologizing to Ellie, which was a nice little moment. Yes, yeah, they they did come forward and... But it's still, like, very awkward because you had, like, Andrew does confess, like, hey, this is what happened between us. And she's like, oh, you also brought me here to be, like, a sex buffer. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's a twofold thing. Yes, because last Christmas, Andrew and Dylan were also together. They were like, Jack wasn't there. So, So, like, we just did. uh, Because they had dated previously, I think it is. In college, yeah. And then they broke things off because Dylan wants, like, a committed monogamous relationship and partnership. And Andrew feels like he's like, oh, I'm just, like, a good time. Like, I is overwhelmed by it. So they had broken things off. But then, you know, that Christmas magic. Yes, exactly. And then later, the family is engaged in what can only be described as an all-out snowball war that Ellie admits to Jack that she was fired from Leica Studios and her 10-year plan completely fell apart. So not only was she just not working as an animator anymore, but that she had failed in a really massive way that was disruptive to her whole identity. Yeah. And then it's, but it also comes out because they like, it's very sweet because Catherine has this whole like laminated schedule for their Christmas activities. Yes. So they're wearing these ugly, ugly Christmas sweaters to take their Christmas photo. <laughs> and then like it turns into work and then Ellie twists her, like, I think it's like she throws a snowball at Jack. Jack comes after her, and then they kind of fall in the snow, and she twists her ankle. And it's while Jack is kind of doing, like, first aid that she just, like, blurts out. She's like, I was fired. But it also turns out that she wasn't fired. She was laid off. Yes. Which Jack tries to say. She's like, but so you weren't. You didn't fail. Uh, Jack tells her, she's like, failure happens all the time, but it doesn't make you a failure. Yes. And I think that is, like, failure and the fear of failure is such a running theme for Ellie throughout the whole book. Yeah. And I find, it's one that I find very personal, personally relatable. I did, too. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's, I have that. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, and, and you and know then, what? Turnabout's fair play, because then later, during one of the other Christmas uh, activities that, that Catherine has planned. Um, well, they're baking Christmas cookies, and it's basically Ellie and Jack because everyone's abandoned them because it turns out baking cookies is actual work. Well, because um, it's also like, well, while they're in the snow, like, because Jack asked her, she's like, oh, were you even like happy? Did you like that job? And then they have this moment where like they're feeling very emotionally intimate. And then like you see, like, I think they almost kiss, or like there's this really intimate moment between them. And then Andrew shows up and carries her away. So, like, Jack, like, they're, they almost kiss, and Jack cuts it off. So, Jack is avoiding her. And then that's when it's like, oh, everyone's going to do Christmas cookies. Yes. But the two get stuck alone making their Christmas cookies. And and while they're alone, Jack starts to talk about the fact that she's opening her own bakery, but she's doing it strictly without the financial help of her family. It's, it's really important to her that she stand on her own, and she built this without the Kim Prescott name behind it. And the family stuff is just so sweet. Like, the scheduled movie viewings and the meals and the other foot, the caroling, which is two hours of the family singing while Jack and Andrew play piano, which is my personal nightmare because I don't sing in public, and I have, like, an almost phobic thing about it. It's basically, Um, like, their own, like, private karaoke. Yes, exactly. Which I But just, like, with live piano accompaniment. And and also, they're all wasted, too. Like, they're all... So, I do love... Like, I do love... A drunk karaoke. I 
I find it enjoyable. I will always drive people to drunk karaoke and enjoy that <laughs> very much. My voice is not I, like I love to sing, but I'm not good at it. Oh, <laughs> Which I, I guess this is the point of karaoke. Like, if you're good at it, everyone's like, "Oh, good for you, big whoop." So, <laughs> so, so they're all like hammered, like having these like drunk moments, and also during this whole time, so their father is not there yes and they're like oh he's working he's working like it's like this awkward thing where it feels like something is being unspoken yeah and apparently it's also like what happens every year um so it's like poor Catherine. she like puts all this like love and care into things um so that yeah like they have the carols and then at the end and the jack and ellie do like a like jack encourages her to like oh you know everyone's like it's your turn ellie and Ellie's like, oh, my God, panicking. So Jack sits and, like, plays a song with her and starts singing to make her feel better. And I loved that it was, like, her voice is awful. It's, it's like, Andrew very, and Dylan very bad. have this, like, really, like, it sounds like a professional, like, duet where their voices blend. And then Ellie's like, Jack and I sound like a nightmare, but they just have so much fun. And I, I love that, how opposite they are, where, like, Jack is just so, like, much more of a free spirit and, like, I don't care about making a fool of myself and encourages Ellie to do that. And I feel like it's something she needs. They're a good, like, foil and, like, balance for each other. They are. And and then after their caroling session, drunk and or high grandmas demand gingerbread houses. And so Jack and Ellie are sent to retrieve supplies from the Airstream and Ellie realizes that her order of events from last Christmas do not match Jack's. Because Jack claims she went to the shower the morning after their night together, and Ellie suddenly ghosted her. Yeah, but and she finds, like, also, like, Ellie finds, while they're looking for supplies, she finds a drawer with, like, her scarf, the copy of Fun Home, and a drawing that Ellie had made of Jack's hands. So it's like, wait, something is not computing. Like, if you didn't care, if you if were she over didn't her, care about me, and, like, it was just a one-night stand, like, no, no, she rejected me, like, what's happening? Why does she have this stuff? And, like, it totally freaks Ellie out because, yeah, her her mind kind of is blown from this revelation. And then Jack telling her, like, yeah, you ghosted me. And Ellie's just like, no, no, that that that's not what happened. <laughs> yes. Uh, what happened was... And then, yeah, then you get the Snow Day, like, episode of Ellie's perspective of the yes, moment. where uh, Jack's wife shows up. And tells Ellie that she encouraged Jack to have a one-night stand, and that's what made Ellie bolt. Um, yeah, she even, th- like, she even says, like, this really, like, cunty, like, oh, like, no, no, like, don't say I was here. I'll leave. Like, I shouldn't have interrupted. Like, you got, like, enjoy your day, and, like, you'll be gone. I'll come back later. Like, you'll be gone by this afternoon. Yes. And Ellie just, like, grabs her shit and bails. And so, and after in the present after cutting down a Christmas tree, Jack forces Ellie to go over that day with her. And Ellie finally tells her about Claire, Jack's wife, showing up. And Jack gets into how crumbly her marriage was at that point. That her wife, I think she wanted, she was polyamorous. Yeah, she was trying to get like, Jack to, like, participate. Yes, but it wasn't working. Like they, met, like, they didn't go into their relationship and marriage as like polyamorous i do love that also the start of like jack confronting her about this and she says to her miscommun miscommunications are for straights yes which i was like i love that and then so you get this background where they when she first met claire her ex-wife 
they it was right after Jack had dropped out of college. So she was like very vulnerable and things were kind of good. And then like two years into their marriage, that's when Claire confessed like, hey, I'm polyamorous. Like I want to try this out. And Jack is like, well, everyone we know is polyamorous. Like, and I want to be progressive. And like, I, I sh- that's what I should want to be. Like, I shouldn't want this like old, like patriarchal thing yeah. that's like so outdated. So and she's like, things were fine at first, but then Jack quickly realized like, this is not for me. Like I, she had to admit to herself, like I actually do prefer monogamy and I want like, just like one partner. Yeah. And that's fine. It yeah. just, it just meant that relationship wasn't for her. Um, Somehow through all of this, Mima is the omnipotent co-matriarch of the Kim Prescott family, by the way, and also knows all about Ellie and Jack and Ellie and Andrew because she's also a sassy old lady who likes to stir up shit in her grandchildren's lives. She tells Ellie that she's like, oh, yeah, Jack called me last year and told me about this girl named Elle who, like, they had this, like, whirlwind day together and broke her heart and then Andrew shows up with a girl named Ellie, and you don't think I can put yeah. two and two together? Like, I'm not that drunk, baby. <laughs> yes. So um, there's a moment where Ellie and Jack get caught under the mistletoe, and the whole family basically demands. Yeah, they're like, that they geez, smooch, geez. touch mouths, um, Frencher. <laughs> And they do. They do. And, and, and it's not great for anyone. I mean, it's great. Well, I, it's great. I love that, like, the family doesn't seem to realize that it's one where, like, Jack goes to pull away and then Ellie kind of stays with her. Yeah. And keeps kissing her. And then eventually, like, they break it off and kind of go their separate ways. But the family is so drunk that they don't even think anything of it. They're like, this is fine. Yeah, they they party hard Get for it, Christmas. Uh, the mood is, is soured, though, when... Alan Kim or Alan Prescott yes. arrives. Well, and, well, I did want to say really quick because then you are getting a flashback to the snow day where it's also Jack taking Ellie to this like abandoned warehouse and is like, "This is the bakery I want to open." Oh yes, yes, good and point. It's, she's like, "Oh, it's she wants to call it the Butch Oven." Yes, like a Dutch oven. An imperfect rhyme. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, she like has her like close her eyes and describe it. And it's this really like sweet moment. And Ellie, it's also encourages her. She doesn't even like have any doubts that Jack will do this. She's like, "You're gonna do this," and Jack is yeah. like, "Nobody's ever believed in me like that." She's like, "I don't even believe in me." Like I, she's like, "I've had all this stuff. Like I can't commit to things like that. It's hard for me to like focus and put down." A plan like she's like i'm i'm not good at making plans and following through and ellie's just like no you're gonna do this i believe in you well because jack also has adhd and struggles with that mm-hmm. um which brian has adhd i see what a struggle that yeah. can be like it is hard to make plans and to follow through with them when your brain is is not wired to sit down and do tasks one yeah, through ten in like traditional way in a really yeah like that, like everyone expects in. you to do them like oh you just do it this way yeah so so it's a, it would be a very big accomplishment for her to do that because she has struggled with that throughout her whole life and been told constantly like through school and other authority figures that like particularly her she's father a, she's a fuck up yeah. yeah so um so yeah so speaking of which Alan shows up and fucks up the whole mood. And it sends this love trapezoid, which I love that Ellie calls it that. Oh, yes. Well, you also, and then you also get, speaking of like shitty parents, you also get Lynn's calling because she found out 
about Ellie's engagement is like, oh, he looks rich. Like, she just saw dollar signs. And I was like, I want to light this woman on fucking fire. Me She's too. the absolute worst. She really is. Um, so, so, when the house turns cold because Alan is there being a dickhole to everyone, um, the love trapezoid goes out to a local dive bar to drink away their collective misery. And Ellie, at that point, is ready to throw in the towel when she realizes how in love Dylan and Andrew are with each other. Oh, until yeah. <laughs> like It's also, like, because they're, they're um, Jack is telling Dylan, like, we should fill out your hinge profile. Like, you have yes. to put yourself out there. And it's Andrew having all the answers to, like, Dylan's questions. Yes. And... Ellie, t- like, Ellie takes D- um, Andrew aside and is like, we should come clean. Like, you're clearly in love with Dylan and they are in love with you. Just tell them. And Andrew confesses that he's actually doing this for Jack because yes. their grandfather wrote Jack out of the will and they were supposed to each get a million dollars. And instead, it all goes to Andrew, but Andrew has to get married. And Jack, up until this point, has told her family that part of her business plan is knowing that she has that inheritance to fall back on so that that she's got a safety net built in. If anything were to happen, Mm -hmm. that she would be okay. So Andrew thinks that it's necessary for her to have that, for her to never find out what a bastard their grandfather was. And so he's sacrificing one love for another. And really, what can Ellie say to that? Yeah. And also, like, it's Ellie being like, oh, like, I don't want to hurt jack's dream like yes, this like I, because especially from the snow day clips you know like she saw how much this means to jack and how much she's wanted it and it, like this all it symbolizes for her yes so she doesn't say anything until a kind of drunk jack demands to know if ellie loves andrew and ellie can't answer yeah, in the bar and, bathroom as all uh, yeah drunk, as all best drunk confessions happen and then says that she doesn't um and then jack kisses her when ellie says that she she doesn't love her brother um but ellie's still gonna marry andrew and that yeah. puts a quick well, stop they ha- well they do have like a super hot makeout yes in the qu- bathroom like Although, things are like quickly escalate there's like clothes slowly come it's not my ideal situation yeah maybe for the there's, best there's no way a dive bar bathroom is no no but there is like one like jack when she's like i'm so glad you're not gonna marry andrew and then Ellie ellie's like and she's like wait you are, and then she, like, stops, apologizes, and just leave. Like, Jack just bails. Not and, for long, though. But also, like, <laughs> even though it's in a grody location, the kiss description, 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, peak. Like, there's this moment that, for me, my favorite was when Jack um, takes Ellie by her braid and pulls her hair so she can kiss her neck. I was fucking weak. I am weak as fuck for Jack Kimpresqua. Like, like <laughs> Kimpresqua, I... Look, I'm tongue-tied because I'm so weak for this woman. Take me. This one can build you this shelter. This one can build you shelter. Please build me shelter. I Bake me a biscuit. Like, oh, I live. Oh. She can teach you how to ski, too. She could teach me anything. So the, uh, cause the, the, so the next day is the, the family's scheduled ski trip. Um, and everyone partners off. Andrew and Dylan both snowboard, so they get together. The grandmas and Catherine yeah, and go all, off together. You also get, like, another face. I love that, like, Meredith is, like, a constant presence throughout the whole story. And, like, even though she's far away, it does feel like 
good friend. Like, yes, a good friend and a true, like, it feels like real friends. Like, so they FaceTime and Meredith encourages her, like, come clean to Jack. Yes. Like, you're in love with her. Like, tell her about everything. There, She's like, there's nothing wrong with, because Ellie's like, I'm a mess. Like, I'm just, like, a failure. And I love the moment of her telling her, there's nothing wrong with, like, there's nothing wrong with you. You've just had a hard year. And she's, there's, Ellie's kind of, like, being very practical. And she's like, oh, you know, like, you don't fall in love with someone a day. Like, blah, blah, blah. And Meredith is encouraging her. She's like, you don't believe in magic. And Meredith's like, but you used to. Yeah. And then they also, she call, they call each other their platonic soulmate, which I love. I, I yeah. I love them. I, I love them. I just love a main character having a, a friend that's actually a good friend. Yes, a good friend that actually, and they actually, like, communicate. How many books have we read where you're like, how are you never talking to your best friend? Yeah. Like, how are you not filling them in? Especially with something so big like this happening. God, I harass you in our, like, we have yeah. group chats with, like, our collective I, best friends that are, like, it's between you, Amanda, Lee. Like, I have a, a bunch of friends that I don't think I could leave the fuck alone because I have to ask See, your opinions on everything. I can't tell you, like, the last time we've gone a day without, <laughs> I can't tell you the last time we've gone a day without like texting or something like yes. speaking. it's weird if i don't talk to you once a day yeah even if it's like a quick stupid thing exactly like there's a bunch of and not it's just so easy to communicate now yeah for real in a contemporary story when texting and facetiming suffer yes I think, I, like meredith isn't even from the same time zone yeah and they, they find time to talk all the time yeah so so sorry back to yeah, the ski, they go to the ski trip ski trip so that leaves everyone's partnered off and that leaves a very angry jack left to show ellie like, how to ski immediately also the the most unbelievable thing is that nobody else figured out what the fuck was going on with dylan and andrew because they get to the ski trip and dylan immediately is like oh andrew and i are gonna go do this and uh you guys are gonna go do this and oh someone has to teach um ellie how to ski so like jack you've got this so right? your, her fiance <laughs> wouldn't do it no um but i also i also did appreciate that like jack is fucking pissed at ellie and you actually get her like they have to spend the day together and jack is basically like after this like we should not spend time together like we should avoid it and i she admits and like, i look forward to watching yeah, like, you fall. you're gonna fall a lot today and i'm gonna enjoy it and <laughs> But also, despite everything, Jack is, like, still a really good teacher and is very patient. And then eventually, like, they kind of spend the day, like, teaching each other. And they eventually get down to the slope. And Ellie's, like, actually skiing. And she's having this great moment. And she's enjoying this moment of Jack, like, laughing and smiling until she hits a mound of snow and just falls on her ass and just wipes out fucking hard. But she's really enjoying the freeing feeling yes. of skiing and she's starting to let go of some stuff internally that's really big for her at the time. And I liked the parallel of her learning this new thing. And Ellie's not, I feel like I connected with Ellie a lot in that she doesn't seem to like doing things she's not good at. Yes. I, I strictly do not like doing things I'm not good at. <laughs> I feel like the way I feel internally is terrible. But so she's really trying to learn this thing that she's struggling through. And then when she gets it, she has this freeing feeling. And I think it was really like a big moment for her. Oh, yeah. I Like that Although, whole, I, like I get so, the anxiety thing. I'm, I get so anxious. The idea of. I don't know if it's feeling or like looking stupid yes. and people thinking like I am an idiot. Yeah. And like, and not in like a way that I'm in on the joke. 
I live in constant terror. Like the humiliation of, of yes, yeah. of just like failing and people being like, wow, you are a failure and the, you're so fucking stupid and the embarrassing. Pitying. Yeah. Yes. So that freeing feeling is squashed a little bit when snows start to hit the mountain ahead yes. of schedule and everyone. The, yeah, they take the ski lift up and they also get stuck, see Andrew and Dylan. They're like, oh, they ski up together and then see them making out. And Jack is freaking the fuck out. And, and Jack <laughs> is like, wait, oh my God. And Ellie is like, good for them. And Jack's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you freaking out? And then they get to the top, and that's when there's a notice of, like, hey, this snow is coming in faster than we thought. Like, everyone needs, so they don't even get to talk about it. They, like, just have to get down to the parking lot and get out of there as fast as they can. And they call the family, and they're like, Jack's like, leave without us. Like, we have the truck. We'll be fine. Like, you guys just go. We'll get down there as soon as we can. And so the, they, they have that mad dash back to the cabin, but the roads and the visibility get really bad. And unfortunately for Jack and Ellie, they're the last to leave the resort and they get stuck on the long road home. Yes. And, and Ellie is like freaking <clears throat> the fuck out. Like, her anxiety is going nuts. Peaked. I did appreciate that in the story. I feel like so many times you get a character like, I have social anxiety or I have this, but then it goes away and it's not very present in a book. Whereas this, like, Ellie's is very present. Oh, yeah. Like, she has these moments. And you see Jack being this very, like, calming presence and is, like, really good with her to help, like, talk her down and calm her down. Yeah. Especially, like, even when she's having these panic attacks. Like, but it, it, I did appreciate that, like, oh, like, this is not something you're just saying as, like, a quirky character trait like it's an actual real thing that people have and it feels honest and realistic where she experiences it in these moments where you're like oh yeah i probably would freak the fuck out yes. and think i'm gonna die in the snow um so so when they get stuck rather than trek three miles home in this snowstorm they they break into a small neighboring cabin that is actually a cabin this time and yes. they know they know the neighbors it's fine the things are just like you know, casual acquaintances yeah, of the Kim Prescott. Like, they try to call them to, like, let them know. They do the right thing, yeah. Um, unfortunately, the Sings have not been to visit lately, so yeah, they the, think the house be, is fully winterized. Gonna, yeah, they think they're going to be there because, like, oh, they usually also come up for Christmas, and we invite them over for, like, New Year's Eve or something, and then they get there, and the nah. cabin is dark. They have to break in. There's no water. It's just, like, a tiny radiator. There's no Wi-Fi. Like, they have a landline. And also, there's only one bed. There is only one bed. And, um, like, they're also, like, you see them, like, trying to, like, all right, we'll try this. We'll try that. And Jack is constantly, like, usually is the one that's being hopeful. And you see this moment of Jack, like, I don't remember. There's, like, one specific moment that happens. And Jack, you see, like, her just kind of, like, deflate deflate and get and ellie really steps up and is like hey like here's a wood-burning stove like there must be wood let's go for it and kind of like does like all this time where jack has been there for ellie you now have ellie stepping up and being there for jack and supporting her and calming her down which i liked and then they get to see that moment and then she gets to watch jack chop wood and then jack helps ellie chop wood they both do they both do part of the labor. They do. And I love then the quote that I loved, which you quoted before, is as Ellie is watching Jack chop the wood, she's like really turned on and is finally like, oh, like I'm finally understanding why like lumber sexuals are a thing. And it's uh, some primal instinct in me says, this one could build you shelter. <laughs> I have been using that <laughs> since like <laughs> I've been using it for weeks. It's so good. <laughs> 
it's so one thing also like it's because jack jack like at one point she hurts her shoulder and she says it's because she has an old in old shoulder injury from kneading dough and you just have like ellie busting her balls about like from kneading dough yep and then jack guides her to teach her how to chop the wood it was this very like fun sweet moment and, and right before after they're like Ellie's like, this is impending doom. This is definitely how we die. <laughs> and that's how that would be me. I think that would be me to be like, this is how we die. We're definitely going to die. Well, and after this is like maybe one I'd of my so favorite useless. moments where they get a fire going. They're, they're taking off their wet clothes. They've borrowed some two small clothes from their neighbors and they have a vinyl collection. And so they listen to Dolly Parton and Celine Dion and they sing the, my favorite Celine sing. Dion song of all time. They, they're like belting out. It's all coming back to me now. That that moment is so. I was like, that is what you do to that song. I I have a video of me and my friends on a trip playing that song and just belting it at the top of our lungs. Like it's one. I I feel like you can even admit like. You don't like to sing in public, but that's one you just gotta. Oh no, I put so when I'm in the car it. by myself, oh, like yeah. I sing at the top of my lungs. It's very bad, uh, but that's one of my favorites, and it's like an eight minute song. It is not a short, but it, like it's one that you can put your whole pussy into. Like, yes, you just, yeah. and you have to. Like you that do. is a song that as soon as it comes on, everyone is serving cunt. Yes, when you get to the flesh and the fantasy, oh, I I am on a different level of being uh so good <laughs> um I, i'm trying like viscerally to not start singing it <laughs> it's so hard right now and then you also get like another snow day interlude where you find out like about them and their hookup in the airstream yes and it's like this was another moment where i was like i want jack to make out with me is my note <laughs> Like, I mean, she does like this, like she runs the tip of her nose tracing up the column of Ellie's throat. I was like, fuck me up. Like as they're kissing, Jack also like kept insisting like, you don't have, like, we don't have to do anything that you're not ready for. Cause she knows that like Ellie is Demi and she's like, we've only known each other a day. Like if you don't have this connection with me, like as soon as you, we stop where you want to stop. And there's this really sweet moment where they had had a talk before where Jack's like, I feel like I've known you forever. Yes. And like when Jack says to her, like, it's only been a day. And Ellie says, I thought we agreed it's been forever, mm -hmm. which I love. Yes. And then Jack puts on her like playlist and you had found out like Jack has just like, you look at her and she's more like this butch, like mask lesbian, <laughs> but she loves like cheesy pop music. Like early aughts pop yes. music. Is and she puts on her playlist <clears throat> and it's um, Call Me Maybe, which kind of shatters the moment. <laughs> and then Ellie's like, this is not a sexy song. And Jack is like, who says I'm trying to be sexy? You don't and have to try, put, babe. And then she puts hands on her again. And it's, Ugh. oh so my God. So then you go like back to the cabin and it's them like they're, they're having their like musical moment. And the only thing, they, they try to find food, and uh, they find expensive whiskey. So they you eat know, and fair. drink, and then Jack asks her, like, do you think, she thinks, like, oh, they're going to talk about, like, Andrew or something. And Jack's like, do you think my mom is ever going to leave my dad? <laughs> and then, so there's that, and then. It breaks the tension. It does. And then she's like, why are you marrying Andrew? Like, and Ellie has this moment where she wants to tell her the truth. But she chickens out, so she tells her a truth. Yeah. Which is that, like, she her life was a mess before Andrew, and basically, like, 
Andrew is kind of in a way, like, in a not so dramatic way, like, he's kind of saving her life. Yeah. And nothing gets resolved between them. No. But they kiss. Oh, And then they have sex. And I don't know how to describe this except to say that it's quiet, but it burns. Yes. You know, it is like sexy and like sensual. It is long awaited for these two because, of course, they remember everything about their first night together and they put it all to use. And Ellie is like, I love to be in control. And Jack, like, she remembers. It's so good. Yeah. Like, and it's also like, because there's that moment where, like, Jack is there like why did you like like she asked Jack like why did you kiss me in the bathroom and Jack says I wanted to like I always want to be kissing you and Ellie's like it's not they're like both kind of like this it's not over for me before like I'm not gonna marry Andrew it's clear that there are a number of reasons she can't marry Andrew but very high on the list is the fact that she's very in love with Jack I thought that was like a good like clear line to establish that like before things escalate Ellie says, like, I'm not, I can't marry Andrew. And yes. then, and that's where it really, like, but she goes also, to it. And then, yeah. I got the impression that she felt like telling Jack everything was not, like, only her secret to tell, that yes. Andrew had to be part she of it. Do, and she does kind of say that, too. Yeah. Like, like, in other moments where she's like, this needs to also come from Andrew. Because, exactly. Like, it is very sweet that she's like, oh, like, I, I made him this promise. Like, I gave him my word. I don't just also, like, want to break that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but let's get into their um, spicy moment because it's, it, it like, it's one where it's like, it's not super, like, smutty, but it's very sexy and sensual. And it's them, like, making out against the wall and there's some, like, mutual grinding and she asks to take off Jack's clothes. And, and the, yeah, like, the, um, then they move to the couch and that's where, like, like you were saying, like, Ellie takes control and she remembers, like, Jack likes to be teased. So Ellie does, and she's, like, kissing her all over, telling her how perfect she is, and then also making her beg for it. And there is this quick, like, nipple bite moment, and I was like, it's so good. I'm panting right now. Like, just thinking about it, and then, like, licks her finger and, like, oh, God. It's, this is, I think this scene is the epitome of, like, if you're going to do it once, do it well. Yes. And it's, not every book has to have like porn in every chapter this one you've got to be like 80 percent of the way through the book before you get to yeah, any physical intimacy but it's worth the wait and it it really burns it does it feel like it's weird because like, <clears throat> the story takes place like over a short amount of time but it feels like a slow burn in a way where so it's like done really well where it's like quick but it it has that slow burn feel that i fucking love yeah and then you also get um, of course, now, like, it's Ellie's turn. You have, like, a little post-coital interlude, and she's, like, tracing Jack's, like, scar on her lip, and she's realizing, like, oh, like, I really love this woman, and they have this moment of being, like, emotionally vulnerable with each other, and Jack makes her feel very, like, safe and secure, which she hasn't had a lot of in her life, and she's like, oh, like, I feel like I was trusted, and, like, I can trust you, and you're trusting me. Um, and she's like, I want to find this way to keep Jack. And there was this beautiful moment of her saying, like, I want to know Jack in every season. Yes. Or she's thinking about what she would look like, like in, in shorts, shorts and the sun. Like- and that's what does it for Jack. <laughs> she's like, yes. And ja- Jack please let me fuck be- you. Yeah, yeah she's so good. I, I love a little desperate moment. It yes. really works for me. Yeah. And then because and then you have Ellie have this moment where she's like, 
giving pleasure has always been easier for her than receiving it. But then she points out that, like, with Jack, she always wants to say yes. Yes. Um, And then they move to the bed, and Jack undresses her, and her she has, like, this moment where, like, tracing her fingers up her thigh, and then following that path with her lips. And, like, Jack is like, I want you to tell me what you want, like, what you like. And she, like, is like, oh, I don't want to do that. And j- and then it's kind of a little turnabout is fair play of Jack teasing her and making her say, like, okay, like, I want you to do that, but, like, do it faster and tell her what she wants. Yes. Um, and then she eventually uses her tongue and... It's really worth and, it. Again, and she worth makes the way. Beg a little bit. Like it's very, it's very sexy. It is. Again, I was like Jack Kim Prescott. Like take me now, build me shelter. Like let me knead your dough. Like <laughs> I'll chop your firewood to, oh, for I your shoulder I said injury. Because that was like a that's a phrase in like Holly Jolly ever after that I fucking oh, that's hated. True. It's like how to toss the dough or something horrible like that. Yes. Um, so. The next day. On their way back to the cabin. Well, first, I thought there's, like, I want to talk about, there's, like, this really sweet moment, because Ellie wakes up and is having a panic attack. She's, like, really overwhelmed. Yes. By any, everything, and kind of wants to, like, pull away and get out of there, and Jack makes her talk about what's going on, and she admits, like, I'm afraid everything, like, it's going to fall apart. We fell apart before. Um, Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. And... It's, like, Jack saying, like, hey, I maybe you don't want to hear this, but I think you need to. Like, you didn't fail. You quit. Yeah. So, like, let's talk about, like, why, like, why did, when did you fall out of love with art? Like, and she admits kind of, like, I made it my whole personality. And then, like, when I, I wasn't, wasn't doing, doing good at it and it, like, ruined things for me. And then it also is this very sweet moment about Jack opening up about when she dropped out of school and how she was really, she lost herself in trying to please others. But I really liked the moment of her saying like, Hey, instead of you pulling away and like, when you're freaking out, talk to me because maybe you could have said like, Hey, I'm feeling really emotionally vulnerable right now. And I'm scared. And I could have told you, I'm also really scared and feeling vulnerable. And I loved that communication. It's the opposite of a miscommunication trope. Miscommunication is for straights. And then, yeah, so then, yeah, it's that next time, like, talk to me instead of pulling away, which I thought was this really, like, I just loved them together. So uh, the following morning, they're on their way back to the cabin, too. And Ellie receives an email from an editor who is interested in publishing her webcomics, which Jack... She saw the arrangement, which she has also, like, throughout this... Been updating a little bit. like, doing, like, a few... Like, she hasn't done it in a bit, but she's posted a few episodes, and they kind of blew up again, like, even bigger than the snow day had. Everyone loves a fake dating trope. It's true. Uh, Marriage of convenience, fake dating... But Jack didn't even know that she was working on a webcomic. She didn't know about the snow day yeah, so or the perpetual kind of like, suck. You realize, like, Ellie is just, like, in her excitement telling her about it. And I, as the reader, you have that moment of, like, oh, oh no. you just hold on yourself, but you don't know it. Yeah. So when they, when they get back, Andrew confesses that he slept with Dylan. And <laughs> Ellie is like, LOL, same, but with your sister. And that, uh, that was the moment. <laughs> Where, like, there's something, I don't remember Andrew's reaction. He, like, doesn't process that, like, what do you mean? Like, you slept with my, yeah, like, you had a sleepover. Yeah. And she's like, no, you hot doofus. When she called him a hot doofus, it fucking it's perfect. sent me. It's so That's good. exactly what he is. And then she's like, no, like, Jack is the snow girl. And they're like, all right. And 
Andrew, knowing his sister, is like, wait, like, oh, so you told her, you came clean with her, and Ellie's like, no, like, I wanted to talk to you first, and he's like, oh, fuck, my sister is so stubborn, we have to tell her now, like, grabs her hand, they're like, let's go, confess everything. And they but run it's in. Too late. Yeah, Jack has beaten them to the punch and has looked up the arrangement. And so they are seeing this comic that is apparently drawn from, you know, Ellie's real life, where she's tricked this family yes. into like loving her, but she's just there for the money. And it's here, folks. It's the Act Three breakup. Yeah, Everyone, all, all the sh- all. All the shit hits the fan, and it's not even just, like, the shit that you expected to hit the fan. No, everyone is mad at everyone, especially after Andrew. Yes, because Andrew also, you find out, like, didn't confess to Dylan either. So they're both, like, so... Well, and then Andrew tells on his dad because Alan has been cheating on his wife with a 23-year-old. And they have, like, that is the apartment. And that's the reason that he's never at family Christmas stuff. Yes. And then it comes out, like, about the inheritance. And it's Jack being, like, of course, like, what the, like, why the fuck would you do this for me? Like, this just tells, like, you you guys didn't believe in me. Like, I knew that that bastard cut me out of his will. Like, I wasn't. And they're, like well, why did you tell us that you were, like, relying on it? And she's like, because I felt like I had to to get you guys to get off my back and believe in me, and you still didn't. That was, ugh, that was heartbreaking. I Like, I felt like I appreciated Jack, like, going in, but I was like, ooh, that was rough to hear. It's like, I didn't necessarily see the lie between Andrew and Ellie as that heinous. Jack seems, like, particularly offended that Ellie would do this for money, but without understanding the privileged position that she inhabits, because even if she doesn't want the financial help from her family, they would never let anything bad to happen to her. Even if her business failed, even if she didn't have the the inheritance to back her up, she is in such a position with her grandmothers and her mother and her brother that they would never let anything bad happen to her. And Ellie does not have that at all. But I, but I think because there's like after they have the fight and then like Jack leaves and Ellie goes after her and Jack like rips her a new one. But it's not really even about like the money. Like when she goes in on her, it's more for like she's like, you have never told me the truth. You didn't believe in me. Like and also you let me think this whole time that I was a bad person because I was betraying my brother. So it's not really even like the money. And Ellie tries to explain like she does say like I desperately needed the money. And like Jack is like you make yourself miserable. She was like I could have forgiven you for lying, but not for believing that um I would fail. Like that we would fail. Yeah. So like that is the thing for her. It's not even like necessarily like you did this for or like all that stuff. She's like that you didn't believe in us after all this shit. Like you thought you already had like an escape plan for when we would fail again. Um, and that was really heartbreaking. And then she's like, yeah. and then she also tells her like. The irony is Ellie needs trust to find physical intimacy and that she violated Jack's trust in every imaginable way. And I was like, that was gutting. You know, predictably, Ellie has to go home after this. Yeah. Um, I think I was like, I couldn't get to my apartment fast enough. Yeah. Um, Luckily, Meredith is type A and not afraid to spend $1,000 on a plane ticket on Christmas Eve. What a good fucking friend. And shows up in full crisis mode to comfort her friend, but also give her a little bit of tough love and be like, hey, you got to get your shit together. We got to get you out of this house. And her other best friend, Ari, also shows up and is like, oh, you can't live here anymore? Tremendous news. I have a closet you can move into. And it might literally be a closet. Um, Yeah. I also love, like, like, it was even, like, 
Meredith and her having that moment. And she's like, you've never failed at anything. And Meredith's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, I failed the bar exam. And she's like, what are you talking about? You haven't taken it. And she's like, no, I failed it months ago, but I didn't tell you because you have a toxic thing with failure. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then I do love like her also in telling her, like, you don't need to be perfect. Like, to deserve love despite what your parents have made you think like yes you already have people that love you and like like and then Ari showing up after that but also like that showing people your imperfection isn't failure it's vulnerability I was like and, damn and so what between, a wise woman between Ari and Meredith they get her showered released from the clutches of a terrible mother because Ellie finally set some boundaries yeah because Lynn calls being like I can't believe you let him go get him back fake a pregnancy and yeah I was like, I was like this is this is not surprising for Lynn's, but I still fucking hate that woman. Uh, and then on her way to a new living situation with a bunch of Portland hip, hipsters. And Ellie does really well. She gets a therapist, an editor, a new mantra for her life. Yeah, they like help and her work out like getting um, like state insurance. And exactly. Because like it, it talked about how like she has a therapist in the beginning, but the therapist is not good and is telling her like, you're thriving, girl. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, it's, it's not. And so it's her like really like, working on herself and she's bonding with roommates she's not like she's actually going out and like building this life yes and so when andrew shows up with a legal contract promising two hundred thousand dollars when he gets married to someone probably dylan let's be honest and a flyer for the butch oven soft opening she knows she's got one more thing to do and so ellie goes to the soft opening um of the butch oven and confesses her love and a kind of like worked in apology yeah. to Jack. I, I also love that you find out because there's like a time, there's like a month or so in between like Andrew visiting and the like opening. So you find out like the Kim Prescott's have slowly been just like working their way back into Ellie's life and she's been hanging out with all of them. Yeah. Just not talking to Jack. So they're all like, you know, like Catherine came like, over and drank no like matter- three bottles of wine on her bedroom floor. Like Yeah, they did like a she did a sip and paint with like the, the, grandmas. the grandmas. So it's and she's hanging she's been hanging out with Dylan and Andrew. So it's like either way, she's like, I I still love Jack, but even if I'm gonna start if I'm gonna hang out with her family, like no matter what, I have to make things right. We have to at least, like, be friends. Yes. So, uh, Ellie goes to the soft opening. She does that public confession. Is publicly rejected by Jack. And that just sends Ellie. Ellie's like, yeah, okay, Yeah, Jack's fair. like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready to do this. Yeah. Um, but then they Jack catches up to her on the bridge. I know, because we wanted to bring this full circle. Um, oh, yeah, because I, well, I don't think we talked about that. Like, in the snow day, it starts off with on the them bridge. kissing on the Burnside Bridge. Yes. Um, and then they do, in fact, reconcile. They Jack's do. like, I loved- wow, that was that was humiliating back there. That I'm like, girl, me- you were the one, you, you let it be. This is like, that, that wasn't, this was humiliating. You made it humiliating. I, it did make me laugh, though, when Jack was like, that was really embarrassing. <laughs> And then also then her saying it's like her love confession to Jack is basically all these things that are like flaw. It's kind of like insult. Oh, yeah. Your heavy gait and your too loud voice. Which I love that. That was one of my favorite things is like how much she loved these like things that like otherwise like Jack probably sees as like flaws in herself. And then um, Jack saying like, duh, of course I love you too. 
Yes. And the two, like, busting each other's balls throughout this makeup, I felt like it really, like, played in, like, carried on with, like, their dialogue and, like, banter with each other. And, like, it's Jack admitting, like, I'm going through a lot right now, too, but, like, they both want to try and figure it out together. Yes. So, and that's it. That's kiss her once for me. Kiss her twice, to be sure. Um, so, what... The, do you want me to do my review first, or do you yeah. want to do yours? Go ahead. Because um, it's a reread, I but I can't remember how we f- frame this up. I feel like um, we mix it up. But I I thought this was incredibly enjoyable, and I'm so glad you suggested saving this for the last read of the year. Um, it did a couple of things that surprised me, which was one, sell me on what is technically insta love, and two, create a a third act breakup that felt very real and very warranted. Yeah. These are hard sells for me personally, and I think they were well done, and it made it it like a believable and natural part of the story because of the way that the first night from The Last Christmas was told and the way the characters get introduced again, it felt like a slow burn, but it yeah. wasn't. It was very much like a love at first date situation. And I think the characters are really lovable, too. And more so because they were so messy and so human. Like, Andrew the hot doofus was so much fun. (laughs) Hot doofus. Um, I felt really seen by Ellie. Uh, There was one moment in the beginning where she was talking about canceling plans with friends, with Ari and Ari's friends, because the thought of being around a bunch of people that she didn't know gave her horrific social anxiety. And so she cancels to stay home and watch Avatar The Last Airbender for the millionth time. And I was like... This is an actual cross-section of my own life. And the fact that we both have generalized anxiety disorder, uh, which is super fun. (laughs) And being like her being an overachiever who failed hugely in her 20s was like, I was like emotional reading it because I was around her age when I finally burned out and failed in a really big way. And it fucked me up. And it, it like, I had a huge identity crisis for a couple of years where I was like, I've never failed at anything this big. Like, I didn't talk about parts of my life. Like, I didn't talk to people in my life. It was really bad. Um, and so seeing her do that, and but her, but me still seeing Ellie is really lovable. Yeah, made me realize that like, even in like, I I think about like myself in years past, and I'm like, why does anyone like me? I was unbearable. Like, how do I still have friends from this era of my life? And I'm like, oh no, I was actually lovable too. <laughs> like, that's. It's really... Oh, um, Cassie, you're going to get me emotional. I'm sorry. I'm really stuffy right now. I sound horrible. No, I thought you were crying. No. I thought you were about to cry. I mean, it, I is really, like, it is really emotional to talk about, I guess, but it's like it's an important thing for Ellie to learn and for, like, I needed to reflect on it too because I've been a lot more gentle with myself since things like that have happened Mm -hmm. and I'm more sensitive to other people that are also going through things where I'm like, oh, no, like, we all crash and burn. Like, it's it's just, that is life. Like, no one lives it through ticking boxes at, like, a steady rate. Um, And, you know, the representation was good. I'm not demisexual, so I couldn't comment on like the authenticity of like falling in love with someone in 24 hours. But I feel like if the emotional bond is there, the emotional bond is there. Mm-hmm. But the bi rep, trans poly besties, like our cup runneth over in oh, this yeah. book. Portland was a perfect setting. And Portland was <laughs> a perfect setting. And then in terms of the actual story, I liked how the main story was interwoven with Ellie's webcomic detailing her point of view from last Christmas and how it was all out of order and you had to piece things together a little of the time. And a little at a time. And I think that also contributed to the slow burn. 
and the inclusion of my favorite Celine, Celine Dion song of all time really did it for me. Oh, um, the only, my only complaint, and we talked about this at lunch today, was the setup of the denouement. I know the, I know that Alison Cochran probably wanted to get them back on that bridge because Burnside is where everything happened initially. But I thought Jack rejecting Ellie in the bakery and then chasing after her immediately gave me a little bit of whiplash because I heard basically the same sentiments from Ellie again on the bridge that she just went over in the bakery. And it felt a little cruel on Jack's part, especially because it was so strongly hinted at by Jack's family that she wanted her at the soft opening and that Jack had been clear that like they she didn't want a friendship with Ellie. Like that's not... So I think it could have resolved in a similar way but just um, resolve it at the soft opening. Set them, set them up, same humiliating, God, just absolutely horrifying speech inside the bakery, and then have Jack take her outside. That still gives Ellie the moment where she's like, oh, I she's going to I, I mean, let me one, down softly. It's one of the few things we disagree on, because I liked it on the bridge, and I like... I feel like it would have just been like, I don't know. I I liked, I wasn't bothered by it. And I liked it being on the bridge and having that first full circle moment. But then I think you could have had say like, hey, can we talk about this outside? And then Ellie think, oh God, this is where, this is where she shuts me down. And then they just pick up that conversation on the bridge where she's like, so that was really humiliating in there. But I think it also like is implied that like, Ellie walks for a bit. So I don't like Jack goes off to her pretty quickly, but I don't think the Burnside bridge is like that close. Like it's a few minute. Well, walk. she says you like, walk really yeah. fast. She, it's long enough for her to open up the gift of the drawing that Ellie did of yeah, what so the I old think, place like, looked she gets like. Kind of far. But I, I just thought like more of Jack's ire should have been directed at Andrew because this was so much family business with the inheritance. Yeah. And it seemed to fall more squarely on on Ellie because they go um, like Ellie leaves and we follow Ellie so I think you don't really um get details on like how like what happened with Jackie you get like Andrew's point of view and like a little gloss over it, but you're not really like living with the two of them in that time after the fallout yeah he I mean he says like it resolves in like two days though yeah. she was really and mad and then he does like say like that like he apol I did appreciate Andrew like apologizing to Ellie at one point. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, like I kind of let you take the fall with my family and I should have like stood up for you more. Yeah. And everyone else came around and Jack was the only one that didn't. And I kind of wanted to see that. But that's the only thing that I didn't love, love. I was it which is literally up until the last chapter. So I think otherwise it was the perfect wrap up for the year. And I don't think I'm gonna read anything else between now and New Year's because I just want to end on a high note. So uh, I just, I'm like, you know what? I've peaked. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just, I'll start something else in January. Um, but I gave it four stars, which might sound like I don't like something, but I don't, Krista will tell you, I don't five star anything. Um, I five star. I, I basically don't, it's not like a, it's not like a, like a Michelin star. I'm like, oh, you haven't earned five pe- stars. I know people that are the opposite where they're like, if I like something, I just five star. Yeah. It. I really, really and like, I'm like this. I can't live in, I can't live in that. No, I five star is like a rare. I thing. can five star, but I can't live in all five star everything. Yes, because I I am a strongly opinionated woman. Yeah, me it's me too. <laughs> clearly, um, so I gave it four stars, which just means I really really liked it. Um, and I gave it one pepper, but I want to be clear that I don't. Th- I think the pepper rating is perfect. I would not change anything about the spice in this book. Not everything needs to be super spicy. I was really into what we got. It was very sexy. It was very hot. Um, but. 
it's you get it's the one very, really good it's not scene. Very graphic, like I yeah, you know I usually do my peppers on like my stars are my like emotional rating scale, yes. which is why sometimes which is why if I star I'm an emotional star, but my peppers are more for like. They're they're the most mathematical I'll get. I'm like, oh, it just wasn't. I find a way to be like, oh, it. I more take it like as like a oh, it's not necessarily that I found it personally. Like, it's not a level of like oh, how sexy did I personally find it? Yeah, it's more of like oh, how like overall like how much is there? Yes, how, yeah. How much is there and like how like graphic was it? Yeah, kind like of thing. Sleeping Beauty was like a million stars, a million like, peppers. Not there's stars. Not enough peppers. Yes, but I'm like, I didn't, I didn't want it. I want it. this, this one, this one pepper is means so much more to me in this book than the like yeah. thirty that you have to give Beauty's release. God. So yes, so that's my review. I really loved it. I'm so glad we saved it. I will recommend it to lots and lots of people forever. Um, and I'll probably reread. I feel like this is a good cozy book to come back to because it feels cozy reading. Can confirm. So, so what was your your second time read through? Um, how did you feel about it? Did your review change from year to year? It did not. So this was the Christmas romance I had been craving. Like, and the second time around, I love this book just as much as I did the first time. I basically have not shut up about this book all month. Like, since I did my reread. It deserves it. I just keep talking about it, and I'm like, I really loved this. If you've talked to me in the past, like, two weeks, I have told you about this book, and I've recommended it to you. I guarantee it. If we've talked about books, we've talked about this book. Yes. Um, I fucking love Jack. I, like, I also loved those little details of what Ellie loves about Jack. Mm -hmm. And my favorite, my favorite is probably that she has this horrible laugh. Like Ellie's like, the laugh is so loud. It's awful. It's like a goose dying, (laughs) but she's obsessed with it. Um, And they have just, I am a sucker for great banter. Like if you have good dialogue, the dialogue in this book, the dialogue is very good. Characters is so great. I highlighted so much of this book, and at times, it felt like I could just highlight the whole thing. Like, there were just so many little lines that were fun or cute or funny, and I laughed out loud so much. Like, in both reads, like, I was, like, laughing and enjoying myself. Um, It has a miscommunication trope that's actually done really well, which you almost never get. Like, and it was done in this way that I could appreciate where it makes sense that Ellie would just run away and not confront like Jack about Claire. And they like barely know each other. Ellie's hella fucking anxious and insecure. Like it was so in character that it worked really well with the story. Yeah. And then like, like Ellie's out of her comfort zone in this day. And like, she's overwhelmed by these feelings. So, like, if a woman just shows up, like, after you've hooked up with her and her wife shows up, you're going to bail. So, and I also appreciate that it didn't get dragged out super long. You get that information and, like, you find, they clear that up not even halfway through the book. Yeah. So, I liked that. Like, the romance is quick, but like you said, like, it feels like a slow burn. I think originally my notes were like, this was the Christmas slow, this was the slow Christmas slow burn that I had been craving. But then I was like, wait, it's not technically a slow burn. But I like that part of the story was them acknowledging that they fell fast. And it also like, they have doubts. And they're like, oh, like, this doesn't happen. Like, 
they're not like, oh, yes, we're in love and it's perfect. And this is totally reasonable. Like, I met you today and it's not weird that I'm in love with you at all. Like, and it feels it felt more romantic to me to have someone who says I'm a practical person, but fuck, I just love this person and they feel like they fit in my life. And I actually think like this like falling fast or meeting someone that feels like they're meant to be a part of your life. And I feel like it happens with people you meet as friends all the time, but we don't talk about it as much because society places this higher value on romantic love. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like I I just, I was like, I, I had this like moment where I was like, oh, like it's something where I'm like, oh, I experience this with friendship all the time and it doesn't feel weird to me. But then when you put it in a romantic contest, like I'll, I'll be like, oh, insta love, like it, this feels too impractical. And I was like, oh, am I questioning my own judgment? Probably not the next, inst- like one that feels insta lovey. I'll be like, I, this I'm is not like, for oh. me. <laughs> I think like the thing, to make insta, like this is a good example of like to make insta love work, it needs to feel like more somehow feel like a slow burner. Like you make it work. Like I think it helped getting, but there the was snow lots day. of showing. Yes. Lots so of much showing, showing and, and you could feel th- why they felt the way that yes, they did. Them having so much conversation, like the snow day things where them really bonding and actually like getting to know each other. And it, you, they have that moment of like, oh, it's not a date. So we can just like, we don't have to worry about like the taboos. Like, we can just get deep. Um, and then also, like, in that idea of, like, you know, friends and, like, platonic soulmates, I loved Ellie and Meredith's friendship and how, like, she's cons- Meredith is not there, but she's consistently involved in the plot. And she's talking Ellie through the whole story. Like, she's always up to date in what's going on. Um, and they felt like real friends. Yes. Like she real pushed, old friends. Yes. Like that they really knew each other so well. Like she pushes when it's appropriate, but always has Ellie's back. Like she doesn't, I feel like you get so many of these, like my best friend, but they're like bullies or like mean. We're like, yeah, I'm like, why? Burn. I always think of the love hypothesis. Yes, like she doesn't like, oh, that she was the worst friend on she yes. doesn't burn or like insult her like when she's telling her things like that she doesn't want to hear it, it's like someone that can be honest with you but then still makes you laugh when you're at your lowest yes like that was like oh i was like this is so realistic which i feel like is rare in romance for me to be like oh this feels like you could be reading about two people in this ridiculous scenario and then like similar to you i found a lot of ellie's struggles to be very like relatable on a personal level mine was more so not so much like it was that feel of failure and it causing you to be stuck like i feel like that yeah. is like i experience like it's something like even lately like i'm really struggling with it and i i feel like maybe like it's kept me back from things and it's something like i think about a lot and i try to work through through, through therapy and sometimes not as successfully as i want to be but like it hers while it's definitely more on an extreme level like I like I found it very relatable and I also like am kind of a pessimist so like um and then there's also this moment um in one of the chapters where Ellie has this she's talking to Meredith and telling her about this desire to be chosen and her dream about somebody choosing her and it was so heartbreaking relatable like r- heartbreakingly relatable for me I was like trying not to cry while cry reading it during yeah, some it, of this book because it's like at its core, I think it's something like everyone can understand. Yeah. And I think it's like nobody wants to acknowledge it, but it's something I feel like everyone has felt. Um, and my one critique, and it's like very minimal, 
it's just I thought that there were a few phrases that were overused. Like, there's she constantly talked about Jack's, like, moon smiles. And she does, like, the hope that kills you a lot. Yeah. And I was like, this is too much. But this is something that is pretty common in romance books in general. It's so a it pool a of buzzwords. It was a fairly minor, no, mild annoyance for me. I just fucking love this book. Like, I gave it a 4.75. I feel like I should just give it a five star because I'm an emotional reader and I haven't shut up about this book. When so you love something, yeah, like, you love it. So this it's a five. I, I'm going to go change my ratings tonight. Like, it's a five. I love this it fucking book. It. And the peppers, I gave it like, I was like one, I, I think I put one and a half mm-hmm. because it is like, it's a little more graphic but it's not super spicy it's just like two chapters of spice it was but like very red well white and royal blue you get a, yeah you get a very mild um moment at one point like ellie is starting to like masturbate yes and then jack disturbs her by that. throwing um snowballs and stuff yes so but but it was like it, it's low on the pepper scale but it is like very sensual and what you get is very sexy yes agreed like and 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 as i've said enough i can't stop they have how like jack book girlfriend like so, Chef's kiss. F- final question then, does the couple make it? Do yes. Ellie and Jack make it? Oh, I yeah. think they make it. They I are very, so. they do what Jack calls the, the, queer, the queer woman thing. The queer woman thing. Where they talk thing. things out and they've, they've established that. And I think now that they are starting off on the right foot on the bridge. Yeah, and like you also, I love. I, I think they, they make it. Like Ellie, actually, Dylan, and Andrew make it too. I think so too. I would like. To, I would like to see a book about Dylan and Andrew and see like what they were up to. Oh my god! With throughout so this much. book and get the details on that and some of those conversations. But I think also I liked, which I think we always ask for this in books and we don't normally get is like you see we get to see Ellie actually working on herself. Where I, how many times have we been like go to therapy? And but not just go. Does, like use like, what your therapist tells yes, you. And learning and growing and improving herself. And then it's mm-hmm. even Jack being like, I have a lot going on. Like I have stuff to work on. Yep. Um and I, I believe that they actually will. I do too. Well, that's all she wrote for Kiss Her Once for me and for 2023. So Thank you, um, as always, for your love and your support. And we look forward to another year of reading Smut with you all. We hope you had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and a very safe new year because we will be off yeah. during that time. Um, but we look forward to talking more We're books with you. We're you for like a month, like almost two months. Yeah. We love um, you, but we need a break from you. We do. <laughs> I, need a, I need a break from reading. I have so many other projects I've got on the back burner. But we will... We have a nice little break for January, and then starting in February, we're going to pick this up like our actual book club, mm-hmm. where we'll put an announcement up at the beginning of the month. We are going to be discussing Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, um, and that episode will drop on 229. So you have the entire month to read along with us, which is good, because Icebreaker, she is thick. She's like 600 pages, I think. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Wait. It's a lot of smut. It's so much. Page. That book does not look that long. I've seen it in paperback. That book does not look that. It big. doesn't. It's a. It's a. How small is that type? It's. A, oh, I'm sorry. It's 448 pages. That's what I'm saying. I was like, there's no. I looked fucking, it up real quick. I was like, there's no fucking way Icebreaker <laughs> is 600. No, it's 448. It is still longer than it looks, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this will be a reread yeah. for me and a first time for you. So yes. we're just reversing this. But we will see you on February 29th. Um, and until then. Read what you love and and fuck fuck the rest. rest. If you enjoyed Shelf Pleasure, 
please feel free to bookmark us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or like our page on Facebook at Shelf Pleasure Pod. For questions, concerns, or recommendations on future books, please email us at shelfpleasurepod at gmail.com.